Consciously is a public awareness project to help people value and protect their rivers. We can all take actions to preserve our rivers as habitats, beautiful natural spaces and sources of vital clean water. In this episode, we explore our relationship with rivers as blue spaces, which can help improve our health and well-being, as well as carrying life into cities. Over the past year, we have all come to appreciate our connection with nature more. Having natural spaces in the city is not only good for biodiversity and combating climate change, it is beneficial for our physical and mental health. The River Lee is a wonderful natural amenity. The Marina, Fitzgerald's Park and the Lee Fields are among the people's favourite spaces in Cork. Walking or cycling or eating and sitting by the river are peaceful activities. Water has long been associated with healing and health and at a time when we need a source of calm and restoration, the River Lee and its tributaries are simple yet invaluable sources of well-being. Dr. Sarah Bell, a lecturer in health geography in the University of Exeter, describes the concept of blue space and how it can help us understand and appreciate our connection with rivers. Blue space. What do we mean by blue space? Is it a big blue sky? The rain falling from a slightly greyer sky? Or all the lakes, streams, rivers and oceans that are sometimes blue, sometimes more of a murky brown? It can be all of these things. But much of the research underway into the potential health and well-being benefits of time spent with blue space has so far focused more on those lakes, rivers and oceans. Water has been linked to ideas of healing and health for a long time. From Roman baths and spas to notions of the sublime in the Middle Ages and ideas of coastal convalescence from the early 1900s through to the interwar period when people flocked to the coast in response to growing concerns about tuberculosis a response to infectious disease that feels particularly pertinent at the moment in times of COVID-19. The coast is also a political space, a place of potential segregation and exclusion, as we've seen in the US, where African-American beachgoers, for example, had to organise a wade-in in 1945 at Miami's all-white haulover beach to fight for coastal access, at a time when these areas were managed through an apartheid-like system. The legacy of this exclusion is still apparent today. So why are some people drawn to water? Partly it seems to be for the expanse, that sense of openness, space and perspective. For others it's about the rich sensory experience, feeling the elements, feeling the water embrace the body through swimming, surfing and other forms of immersive activities. This can be a quiet opportunity to nurture a sense of connection with the water, or a social experience, a playful time to feel a sense of fun or shared challenge and accomplishment. Often these water-based settings offer a convivial, almost holiday-like atmosphere, supporting friendly, relaxed conversation and a slower pace of activity. While much of the research around blue space health and well-being to date has focused on coastal settings, many of these benefits have also been identified in riverside spaces too, many of which have long histories as key transport routes for industry. So why might people gravitate to these settings today? Well, canal and river paths can offer linked up peaceful walking, running and cycling routes, opportunities to spot both familiar and perhaps unexpected wildlife, 
to pass the time fishing, perhaps? And some rivers may even entice people in to swim or kayak, water quality permitting. Urban riverside environments are often a key hub where people come together in cafes or to stroll and watch the world go by. Again, that holiday-like atmosphere. For some, the aspiration of riverside blue rather than brown space drives engagement, with people coming together and experiencing a sense of achievement and connection through river cleanup and restoration activities. Research with homeless people living in forgotten riverside settings highlight the opportunity to experience a rare sense of home, acceptance and dignity in a world where privacy and belonging is otherwise elusive. Notably, riversides can also be spaces of fear when neglected, marked by stories of abuse or exclusion, or challenging to negotiate without the risk of falling or worse. So there is more to do in terms of how we make the most of our blue and grey, brown aquatic environments for health and well-being. But as a particularly watery island, we seem to be in a good position to explore this potential. Sarah's wonderful description helps us value our connection with water. This connection is especially relevant recently, as we have all explored our localities in new ways, opening us to the importance of local blue spaces as well as green spaces. We are increasingly understanding how these spaces are beneficial for nature and for our well-being. Laura Fergal describes how the river is a calming and invigorating force for her. She regularly walks along the Lee taking photographs and experiencing its gentle strength. I think the river is good for your soul. I, I find walking by the water very, very peaceful and calm. I think there's something about it. There, there's something about this fast moving thing, you know, that's going its own direction in the middle of this city that is going helter skelter in different directions and everyone's going about their own business. And it just flows regardless, you know, um, and and. Uh, just me personally, maybe I've, I've always been drawn to water that, you know, my, my choice would always be to walk by the sea or walk by our lake or walk by a river. I find it, it, it literally soothes your soul uh, and it, it, you focus on that rather than the traffic and the noise and the, the everything else. And I, I think it just makes you smile from a photography point of view. It's, it's usually it's the reflections. It's, it's the other things that you get, the movement and the, the light bouncing off it and, you know, it's another view of the city, sometimes upside down. Since 2012, Cork has been designated as a healthy city by the World Health Organization. This involves the commitment to improve the health and well-being of all its people and reduce health inequalities. Denise Cahill, coordinator of Cork Health Cities, describes how natural spaces in cities are not only supportive environments for health, but are also important for climate action. When, when we're talking about health and healthy cities, it's not so much dealing with the problems as enhancing what's positive in a city. So it's about looking at the supportive environments for health and what is it that helps people to be healthy. And more and more, the research is, you know, getting stronger by the day in terms of green spaces and access to nature is really beneficial, especially for mental health. 
but also for physical and social health. So we're really keen to tie in the two together. We did a really interesting workshop there seminar just in 2019 around looking at how public health and climate change are actually very much aligned and the action for both are very connected. Benefits public health, benefits, you know, the environment. And we looked at a whole range of things and really what really captures people's interest and imagination is green spaces and access to green spaces in urban settings. And I suppose I've spoken with um, Christy Godsmark in UCC and, you know, a lot of her research is in that area that, you know, health and climate change uh, really coalesce. You know, the actions are very connected. You know, there's there's a whole movement in the Healthy Cities movement around health in all policies. And she believes it should be health and climate change in all policies that it actually, you know, that there is potential for, for the two to work. Denise went on to explain how they brought different stakeholders together to understand how the river, as the largest recreational space in the city, can be utilised more. So what we did in Cork City, we thought, how about we bring everybody together in the city that would have an interest in the river and look at placemaking on the river because the river is the largest recreational space in Cork City, yet it's very underutilized for recreation. Now, there are people obviously using it, but again, not a huge amount. We decided we'd invite the key stakeholders in Cork City Council to come on this training and we'd bring the organizations that are using the river to the training and we'd all meet in a kind of a neutral space and we'd all learn about placemaking together but we'd focus it on the river and there was huge interest and we got 27 participants I could have I think we could have doubled that there was so much interest in it it was it was a really interesting process and out of it we've developed in Cork City now a riverly placemaking network now we'd love to be doing loads we're very confined at the moment so we've done small things we did a tree trail in the marina and we did some taster sessions and we're looking at, um, you know, looking at a kayaking opportunity from Glenmire up towards the marina to just look at the, the COVID compliance with all these things. And we're so enthusiastic. In recent years, new paths and infrastructure have opened up sections of the River Lee for people to enjoy. This has become essential during COVID, as people in the city have increased contact with the river and nature as a result of this infrastructure. Laura Nifergal shares her experience of walking along the river and what it means to her. It's been incredible and, and of course more coming now with the new park that they're doing along the um, the Black Rock part um, and each part is so different. I mean the, the Riverlee in the city centre is full of light and reflections of, of traffic lights and traffic and everything like that but then the further out you go you know it looks like a different world. I had somebody ask me on one of my photographs that I took out around the Mahan Peninsula there and they thought I was somewhere else entirely, that, you know, that you couldn't be that close to the city and get a picture that serene of the river at that point, you know. This episode is about appreciating rivers as natural spaces. While we all understand the importance of increased contact with nature, It is not only about trees and parks. 
but streams, ponds, lakes and the sea. Water is a connective and healing force. It is cooling and reviving, reflecting and gentle. Dr. Sarah Bell outlined the concept of blue space, the watery version of green space. This helps us frame and value our connection with water. We encourage you to think of blue spaces alongside green spaces as interlinked networks which are vital to fostering biodiversity but also for human well-being. We need to be able to access and experience bodies of water, especially in cities. There is an incredible potential for urban areas to fully utilise their blue spaces. In Cork, relatively new infrastructure from the River Walk connecting North Mall to the Maradike or the Mahan Walkway have opened up new sections of the Lee which can be experienced by all. These paths have quickly become important recreational facilities. Individually and collectively, we need to consider ways that we can enhance our use of these spaces in a sustainable manner. Rivers are corridors of nature running through cities. Using Cork as an example, the River Lee runs from east to west, dividing the city in two, and it separates near County Hall to create the city centre island. We also know that the centre of Cork is built on river channels and islands. St. Patrick Street, the Grand Parade and South Mall were all branches of the lower river. As the river reconnects, it then spreads out into Loch Mahan. However, the Lee is just the main waterway. There is a lattice of other streams and rivers. The Curraheen River, which flows behind MTU, and the Greenway off the Strait Road, and its tributaries, Tupot River and the Glasheen River, join the Lee's main southern channel behind the Brookfield Medical Campus in UCC. Tremor River, which flows along the South Ring Road from Toker to Douglas, has an underdeveloped and thus underused trail, which is then joined by the Douglas River, which is now accessible by the improvements in the Mangla Glen. And then there's the Loch, a wonderful blue-green space in the city. The River Bride, discussed in the previous podcast, is the primary river in the north side flowing through the Blackpool Valley, where the Glen River confluences before it is culverted in the village. As Chris Moody demonstrated in the last episode for the Bride, each of these waterways are habitats and passageways for wildlife, but they are also rich facilities, blue spaces crisscrossing the city, some with parks and paths, others forced between roads or underground. The same is true for other cities and towns. Understanding the role and potential of blue space is a prompt for us to value how rivers are amazing amenities for nature and people. Our interests coalesce in the need to protect and respect waterways. And that is what Consciously is all about. The Sustainable Development Goals, or the SDGs for short, are a global initiative to help achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. Part of SDG 15, Life on Land, is about encouraging the protection of rivers as natural habitats and sources of biodiversity. We are asking you to help respect and enhance the River Lee and all rivers as blue spaces that run through the countryside and cities, bringing life and well-being. Here are three simple actions that will make a difference. Help clean up your local area, especially near water. Organise for your school, community or company to plant new trees every year. Trees enrich our environment and can help prevent flooding. Contact your public representatives to highlight the need for more green and blue spaces in cities and more amenities that allow people to walk and cycle along rivers and the coast.
Thanks to Dr. Sarah Bell, Denise Cahill and Laura Nifahriel for contributing to the podcast. Consciously is organised by Students of Creativity and Change, a course in the Munster Technical University's Crawford College of Art and Design about creativity and its power to ignite empathy, passion and learning about our interconnected and interdependent world. Consciously is an invitation to learn and act to help respect our rivers as habitats and sources of clean water. Our webpage and social media have additional resources and suggestions for actions you can take to help protect wildlife and our vital water amenities. For more information, go to our webpage creativityandchange.ie forward slash conscious Lee L-E-E Follow us on Instagram consciouslycork and use the hashtag consciouslee on social media. The Consciously team is composed of Anne Lamb, Colette Mulholland, Flo Whitworth, Trish Robertson, Aram Wawood and Richard Scriven. Flo, Colette, Anne and Richard narrated and field recordings were made by artist Vicky Langan and Richard. This work is shared under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International Licence, which means you can remix, adapt and build upon our work non-commercially as long as you credit us and license your new creations under the same terms.